This is Empowered Explant, the podcast helping women ditch their breast implants with confidence. I'm Dana Mersica, board certified health and wellness coach and explant warrior. It is Women's History Month. And uh, I thought it would be super fitting to take a deep dive into the history of breast implants, since these have had a tremendous impact on women over the years. And if you're not up to speed with the backstory on breast implants, get ready to be shocked at how these so-called medical devices came to be in our bodies today. The first breast augmentation on record happened in 1895, performed by surgeon, I'm probably going to butcher his name, Vincenz Cerny in Germany. He operated on a 41-year-old singer who had just had a tumor removed from her left breast. She was concerned with the uneven appearance of her breasts, so the surgeon found another apple-sized fatty tumor that was in her lower back and he removed it and then reinserted that tumor into her breast to fill the unwanted space. Yes, her back tumor became her breast implant. After this, basically all the way from 1895 to the early 1960s, surgeons were performing breast enlargements with no concern at all for the patient's comfort or health. Doctors were injecting or inserting things like paraffin, glass balls, ivory, wool, sponges, and ox cartilage into women's breasts. Side effects from these botched surgeries were horrific and ranged from infections and severe scarring to skin necrosis, which is where the skin dies, pulmonary embolisms, granulomas, liver problems, comas, and even the worst side effect of all, death. Of course, behind all of this painful experimentation was desire. In the 1940s and 50s, the buxom bombshell was the ultimate symbol of sex and beauty. It was the Marilyn Monroe era after all. It all really came down to women not feeling attractive enough when they looked in the mirror because of comparison and wanting to be more desirable to men. Some things never change, huh? Before implants became what we know them to be now, Japanese women were doing it for themselves. During World War II, Japanese women were injecting industrial-grade liquid silicone into their breasts to appeal to the American servicemen that were in Japan at the time. They thought American soldiers were only attracted to big boobs, but little did they realize it would cost them their health and their life. These silicone injections often resulted in horrendous silicone rot, which would lead to gangrene infections and organ damage. Doctors in the States should have known better, but that didn't stop them from experimenting with similar techniques in the 50s. And when you think about it, the 50s weren't that long ago. They injected tens of thousands of women with silicone. Their breasts hardened and many needed to be removed entirely. Doctors also tried inserting sponges into women's boobs, which dried up and shrank over time, making their breasts hard as rocks. You know when you have an old dish sponge that gets really dried out and it shrinks down into a hard, deformed shape? Yeah, imagine that in your boobs. 
Following nearly a century of painful trial and error, 1961 marked what was thought to be a medical breakthrough, which was really just an idea by a horny male doctor with boobs on his mind. You see, it all began when Houston, Texas doctor Frank Garot was handling an IV blood bag and it reminded him of fondling a bosom. Hmm, of course that's where it came from. So he paired up with fellow boob lover Dr. Thomas Cronin and engineered the first silicone breast implant with the help of the Dow Corning Company. But being responsible doctors, they knew they still needed a test subject. So they went out to do what any respectable medical trial would require. They surgically inserted the breast implants into a dog named Esmeralda. Tell me this isn't some fucked up animal testing. The poor pup had her implants for just a few weeks before she began to chew away at the stitches and then the doctors removed them. Apparently, a few weeks was long enough for these doctors to prove the surgery a safe success and deem the silicone implants safe for use in women's bodies. Can you even believe this is how implants were originally trialed? I Seriously, I couldn't make it up if I tried. And I can only wonder if Esmeralda the dog was going at the stitches because she wanted to get the foreign objects out of her body. Maybe Esmeralda was smarter than they gave her credit for. Okay, so in 1962, with no further testing, the doctors found their first human patient. Timmy Jean Lindsay became the first woman to receive silicone implants. She was a Texas factory worker, divorced, and a mother of six, who was never actually in the market for a boob job. In fact, she went in because she wanted to get a tattoo removed from her breast. Then the doctors asked if she would like to be the first to undergo the new breast augmentation procedure. She agreed to get the implants if they would also pin back her ears, which was a surgery she really wanted. After placing their implants in an initial 12 women, which included Timmy and her sister-in-law, their findings were presented to the International Society of Plastic Surgeons in 1963. And shortly after, the silicone breast implant became one of the most popular cosmetic surgeries in the United States. While Timmy ended up suffering from capsular contracture, severe shooting pain, rashes, a dry mouth, dry eyes, and chronic fatigue. Hmm, those symptoms sound familiar. She was referred to various doctors, all of whom assured her the new problems were mostly psychosomatic, caused by depression. Her surgeon, Dr. Garo, agreed, saying that silicone does not make you sick. Timmy Jean's sister-in-law, who died in the 90s, also claimed to have had an unhappy experience, having to have her implants replaced several times and suffering from liver problems. And Timmy's daughter had a rupture. Keep in mind, there was little to no research on the safety of these implants, and the dog does not count, and no requirement that medical devices go through an approval process. The FDA didn't have the authority to regulate medical devices until 1976, and the implants that were already on the market were grandfathered in. 
reports linking silicone gel-filled breast implants and autoimmune symptoms began to appear in medical literature in the 1970s and 1980s. 1977 saw the first case won by a Cleveland woman who claimed her implants ruptured, causing her extreme pain and suffering. She won a $170,000 settlement, but this case received very little publicity. Slowly but surely, though, more women filed lawsuits about the silicone implants, and in the 80s and 90s, thousands of women who had developed health problems because of their silicone implants won lawsuits against Dow Corning and other breast implant manufacturers. Now there's a win for women in history. In 1992, the year my brother was born, the FDA restricted the use of silicone gel-filled breast implants in response to public concerns about health risks, including cancer, connective tissue diseases, and autoimmune disorders. Saline-filled implants remained on the market, and silicone gel-filled implants could still be used for breast reconstruction, correction of congenital deformities, or replacement of existing implants. Women who received these silicone implants for these purposes had to be enrolled in clinical trials to collect data about device performance and safety. But in 2006, the FDA lifted the ban on silicone gel-filled implants because they concluded that there was no clear link between the silicone implants and connective tissue disease, autoimmune disease, or cancer. The implant manufacturers, Allegan and Mentor, were supposed to conduct large, long-term studies to monitor safety and risks, but it became clear that these studies were not being effectively monitored or controlled. In 2019, the FDA sent warning letters to two manufacturers of silicone gel-filled implants, this was Mentor and Sientra, for failing to comply with the FDA's study requirements. Then, also in 2019, because of new data that showed the majority of cases of BIA-ALCL and deaths due to BIA-ALCL are linked with textured breast implants manufactured by Allegan, the FDA requested a global recall of Allegan BioCell textured implants and tissue expanders in July 2019. By that time, 38 other countries had already banned Allegan Biocell implants. For those that don't know, BIA-ALCL stands for Breast Implant Associated Anaplastic Large Cell Lymphoma. That is a mouthful. It's a rare cancer linked to breast implants. I think this really shook things up and caused the FDA to start paying more attention because a lot happened in 2019. The FDA updated the information about risks and complications of breast implants on its website, acknowledging that some patients report experiencing breast implant illness symptoms, and released a statement saying that they're working on better characterizing the condition and its risk factors. And the FDA made available online millions of reports of malfunctions, injuries, and other problems with medical devices, including tens of thousands that were related to breast implants, such as cases of implant rupture, that were not previously released to the public between 1999 to 2019. 
Then in 2021, so more recently, the FDA updated labeling requirements for both silicone and saline breast implants, which includes a boxed warning, a patient decision checklist, which must be reviewed with the prospective patient by the healthcare provider to help ensure the patient understands the risks, benefits, and other information about the breast implant device. They updated screening recommendations and a list of materials in the implants disclosing the heavy metals and toxic chemicals. So progress is being made in the right direction, yet awareness is still very limited. The number of women experiencing illness associated with breast implants has been a topic of concern worldwide for many years, yet a lot of people think that the topic of BII is pretty new. I know back when I got my implants in 2012, I was never made aware of the controversial history of breast implants, but it just wasn't as publicized then like it is now, and surgeons weren't loudly offering explant surgery as a service, whereas now there are surgeons specializing in it. Thanks to social media and YouTube and podcasts like this one, Women are out there sharing their own stories, and the word is finally getting out. Explant surgery is not a trend. What we're seeing is a result of women being empowered with knowledge and choosing to prioritize their health, and in many cases, share their own experience to empower other women, and hopefully future generations. In celebration of Women's History Month, I hope you enjoyed your history lesson today. I've shared some links to references and resources in the show notes if you want to dive deeper and learn more like a good student. I also recommend watching the documentary film called Explant featuring Michelle Visage, which dives into her own experience with breast implant illness, as well as the history of breast implants. It's super interesting. I'll link that in the show notes also. If you're personally on the fence about whether you want to explant or need to explant, you can go to my quiz to find out if it's time to consider removing your breast implants. Go to explantquiz.empoweredexplant.com. I will link to that in the show notes as well. But please, if you have any serious symptoms or pain, please see your medical provider or consult with a qualified surgeon right away. You can also email me at darna at empoweredexplant.com and join all of us breasties in the Empowered Explant Facebook group. I am dying to know what are your thoughts? How do you feel about knowing that this is the history of breast implants? This is the history of the technology that is now used in millions and millions of women. Is there anything in this episode that you didn't know that stood out to you, that made you go, wow. There were definitely some points in this when I was learning about the history of breast implants that I was shocked. There's some shocking, shocking points. And um, it's just so interesting. So I would love to hear from you. What are your thoughts and feelings about this? Please don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Your support helps this information get into the hands of more women who need to hear it. 
Well, this was fun with my little news reporter vibes tonight. I will see you here next week, Breastie.